straight black coffee. Straight black coffee. Ain't no cream, ain't no fluff. Keep it straight biblical without the heresy stuff. Hi, Mom. Hello, hello, hello. You are back with the Straight Black Coffee Podcast. You are back? Season two. We are back. Yeah, there we go. We are back. <laughs> I like, well, I said you are back like the, the listener. But mm -hmm. that's true. You know, too. like a radio voice, they're like. They never left, though. Welcome back. We're the ones who. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so hey, actually, guys, guys, we need to knock on the door. Good morning, because they're letting us in. So hang on, wait. What? Because we left, so now we're coming back. Oh, come on. Hey, that's your voice now. That works. Hey, glad to see you. It's Welcome. Been. Long time no see. Good morning. We're here with another conversation. <laughs> Welcome. Anyways, we are here talking about First John chapter one today. Mm. And we have coffee. And we have coffee. Well, straight black coffee for me. I don't know about that. I have creamer in mine. I definitely okay. have creamer in mine. Hey, we're not all perfect. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did say the coffee was missing something today. Yeah, it was. And what it was, was missing very good was creamer. <laughs> it doesn't fit in with Dude, the metaphor. Dude, I just kept you silent. It doesn't fit in with the metaphor, but okay, no, it, it works. Doesn't. Anyways. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about 1 John 1, and to kick us off, uh, I'm going to hit us up with a little prayer. Cool. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for um, the beautiful day we have today. God, just please help this conversation um, to be edifying and for us to learn from it. And God, just please open our hearts and humble us so we can learn um, and desire to learn more, God. And please help us to continue walking with you and abiding in you and in your word, God. And please help us to, um, to also uh, have this amazing fellowship and to continue walking with um, my brothers and sisters in Christ, God. Um, thank you so much for the amazing weather. Jason, amen. Amen. All right. First John chapter 1, verse 1. Do we want to read through the whole thing really quick? I was I was gonna read like verse by verse and talk about it. You want to do that? I would say do the four because you gotta do it in paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Let's do that. All right, Roman one, read one through four. four. Okay, it says this: That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. End of verse 4. Mm. Dude. So in this section, we hear the, we've seen it, we've felt it, and now we testify and proclaim it. And then it also talks about how the reason why they're about to write the book of First John. Mm. And the reason is so that the reader 
might have fellowship with them and that their joy might be made complete. One of the things that I love about this is like 1 John, it hits really hard. And, and like, it's very convicting. It's a very convicting like letter. And um, I love that at the very start, they explain their heart behind their writing. Because this could be taken as, uh, it's a letter that's just supposed to convict and, and make you feel uh, demeaned. Like, mm. it's supposed to like, it, it could be taken as though they were just getting on to you. And like, you're just doing all these terrible things. So how dare you? Uh, now listen up, here's the way to live. But no, like they explain the heart behind it. They're writing these deep things, this truth, so that we can have fellowship with them and with God, uh, with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And in doing so, in making the, the truth known, it's bringing their joy to completion. So that's what I got out of that. Not only that, I mean, um, so I, I have a footnote in my Bible that says that some translations or some manuscripts, not only do they say our joy, it says your joy. And something that's really cool with that is like, if you think about um, uh, John 15, um, you know, Jesus's divine address, um, whenever he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and all, all of this, right? So at the end of that section uh, in verses one through 11, um, at the very end of that, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, all, th all these things that I have spoken to you, I have spoken that your joy may be complete, right? And so when we abide, like that's like the major theme of um, First John, especially chapter one, you know, like the next passage, not to, not to give any spoilers, but the next part, like verses, uh, five through 10, um, they're talking about walking in the light, right? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus tells us that the result of abiding in God and abiding in him um, is joy, right? The joy of fellowship with one another, the joy of living in fellowship with God. So. Mm. I love that. Um, dude, as I read this, the craziest thing just popped up to me. No. I, <laughs> yeah, it was really weird because it, like, I, I don't know exactly how it was just brought up. I don't know. Maybe the Holy Spirit brought it up to me, but um, I'm not sure. But as, as I was reading through this, I think it was actually, as soon as I read first, the first verse of chapter one, it says, that which was heard from the game, which was heard, um, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Um, just this image of, of like us out um, just in the cold kind of like here on this earth like things are pretty terrible um, and it's a very cold place if that makes sense uh, especially spiritually but um, in verse 4 it talks about how these things we write to you that your joy may be full like these things bring us this joy from our relationship with Christ um, and, and from abiding with him. And in a way, uh, like he was saying that, which we have touched, we've seen like this, this relationship brings such a, um, a warmth per se in this dark and cold world. We are here 
and we cling on to this relationship with God and it brings us this warmth and this comfort of knowing that yes this world is a terrible place but this isn't our home like we have been bought with a price and our home is is with God for all eternity um, it's scary in this world but we have this light and this joy inside of us that we can hold on to and the people there John that's writing like he was already able to see that like he was able to see and touch Jesus and he's an eyewitness of that um, before um, all of us get to be um, which is also really cool but um, I'm just so thankful that we can walk through this life with God um, because I don't know how I would walk through it without him. Um, I don't think I would want to. That makes sense. No, that, that does make a lot of sense. Um, can I add some scripture? Uh, like, hey, don't add the scripture. No, I'm not adding Revelation says that is sin. <laughs> no, I'm not adding two scriptures, but can I... Uh, bring, add in, bring, in, bring in some additional scripture. Uh-huh. Hermeneutics. So, if we look at the book of Second Corinthians, <laughs> I was going to say wrong word. Really? Yeah. Thank. What? No, this is just biblical. It's just scripture building up. Yeah. On scripture. Yeah. Okay. I thought hermeneutics did that. I mean, yeah. Well, hermeneutics comparing scripture with scripture, right? No. Well, hermeneutics is more just like. Learning how to better understand scripture. Okay. Like how to study it better. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So Good to know. you were just talking about how like uh, this is a temporary time and how it's not always going to be easy and it's going to be scary as well. And as you were depicting life in general, what a word. Um, it brought to mind this passage in 2 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 5 and I'm just going to start in verse 1 and it says this for we know that if the tent that is our uh, earthly home is destroyed we have a building from God a house not made with hands uh, eternal in the heavens for in this tent we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked for while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that uh, what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has separated us from this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, uh, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Uh, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of uh, Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And so, what this passage is talking about is the tent that it mentions is our earthly body. And then I love in verse four, it says, for while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed 
so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So what this is talking about is our desire to be with the Lord. We understand that our temporary life here, yeah, it's disgusting and painful. And so we groan and, and we're burdened. But what is our desire? It's not that we'd be unclothed, it's that we'd be further clothed, that we'd be sanctified, that we continue to draw closer and closer to the Lord. That's why in verse eight, it's talking about how, um, yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. So right here, verse eight and nine, it's talking about our understanding of where we're at we understand that we're separated from God and we desire uh, with all our hearts to be in his presence. We desire to be in his courts, uh, but we're not. We're still here on this earth. We're still in this tent. And until we are freed from our tent, until we are now in the presence of God, we make it our aim to please him in all that we do. Mm-hmm. So we understand that we're in a temporary place. This is not our home but we're here for a purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're here for a purpose. And our purpose is to please and glorify the Lord, to know God and to make him known. So in all that we are doing, we understand there's a purpose, like there's a purpose in the pain because this is a painful time, but this painful time can also be a time that points us back to the glory of God. Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah, so that's what I want to share. Going back to first job. Bro, that reminded me of, uh, like, we're living in this tent for a little while. Keep uh, talking. I'm getting a read And like, who else lived in the tent for a little while? Like, <gasps> what? God. What? <gasps> God in the tabernacle. My great-great-great-great-grandfather. <laughs> no, he did. Yes. yes, he did. Was he a mountain climber? No, he was an Indian. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, he was an Indian. Like God was, he I'm sorry, he put his presence into the tabernacle, and like they carried that around in this tent for like a while. But like after all of that, um, and they were like settled in in their home right, or whatever. But later, when Jesus died, like it it split the veil in was it the temple? Uh, or, yeah, because they didn't have the tabernacle anymore. Um, but it split the veil, and then like God was able to, or it was signifying that like um, the relation, his, his relationship was coming out for everyone. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any relation between those things, but but I just find that really interesting, and I'm so thankful that I don't have to live in this tent for. Ever. Forever. <laughs> there's there's hope. Yeah, there's yeah. always hope. Okay, so do we want to move on to the next paragraph? Okay. Yes. Hey, by the way, what Bible translations are you guys using? Because I think we might be rocking three different translations. Ooh. Jacob, what translation? I've got so, New King James Version. Ooh. Rome. Christian, what translation? I just asked you. Oh, I'm using ESV. Oh, I'm also using ESV. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. I, 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 I am using NASB. No, I would want. I've got three translations. I would. Listeners, I want to get a NASB Bible. Listeners, he's too lazy to get one. No, I, I just don't want to spend the money. You like NASB? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to spend the money. Anyway. I, I want to get a NASB. Mm. Shout okay. out to you, Taylor Gabbard. 
I'll read yeah, the next paragraph. Yeah, we'd love to. Christian, you got the next paragraph. Okay. First uh, John, chapter one, verses five through eleven. Nope, five ten. There's not eleven verses. Okay, ver- through verse ten. Here's what it says. Heresy. Go ahead. Thanks. Um, this is the message that we have heard from him, and we proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Mm. Mm. Jacob, drop some Bibleness on us. Drop some Bibleness. Yep. Um, let, let me see here. Bro, walk in light. I love verse seven. It says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Um, I've had like throughout my uh, my years in my walk with God, I've had a lot of seasons, you know, um, seasons of ups and downs. And um, for a lot of those seasons of down, like spiritually times, um, a lot of that was brought on by me um, kind of not walking in light. I was walking in darkness and in sin and wasn't wanting to give that sin up. I kind of wanted to stay in the darkness, if that makes sense. Um, and because of that, like, you don't think it'll happen, but it, it starts to um, draw you away from that fellowship with others um, and with God because you're in the dark. You don't want to you don't want that to come to light and you don't want people to see your sin because um, ultimately I think like humans are very prideful things. We we don't want our brokenness to be exposed. Um, but man, when when we let that come to light or just, or God brings it to light, um, whether we want it or not, like that, that is something that is so powerful and it may be difficult um, at the beginning, because you feel like people might look down on you because of the things you've done. But but instead, it, it says the opposite, that when that happens, when we start to walk in that light, we all have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all that sin that we had. Um, I've seen that with, in my own life. Um, just recently in the past like few months, I finally let go of um, the sin that I was walking in for so long. And I was able to experience this fellowship um, with people that I have, haven't really had um, ever. And it's it's been beautiful. And part of that is fellowship with like Roman and Cheeto here. Um, back when I was walking in that sin, I, really just kind of got to this point where I didn't want to spend time with them because um, I felt like they were, um, they like would look down on me and like, and wouldn't like um, this sin that lays in my life. And 
they might expose that and that might hurt. But going through that pain and coming into that light and um, exposing that and walking away from it, bringing such a sweet fellowship with the body of um, with the body of Christ that we're supposed to have. Um, and it's, it's just beautiful guys. And I, I would love for everyone listening to be able to, um, come to that point where they would rather walk with God in light and have fellowship with others, um, than in sorrow and sin, because you might be comfortable in that, but there's so much more, there's so much more goodness and so much more life that you could have more abundantly. Um, with Christ than you could ever have in that darkness. But that's good. That's really good. Um, <clears throat> I have just one thing that I want to share. So I'm going to read this verse and I'm going to pass it over to Christian because before we started recording this, uh, we were having a discussion and I want him to share exactly what he shared right before we started recording. So Christian, I'm just as intrigued to find out as you are. Once, once I read it, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't remember. Okay, so it says this. Um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay. So, Jacob. I, I think so I'm So that Christian can understand. Uh, can you... Listen, it must sharing? have been the Holy Spirit talking because I don't remember. <laughs> no, I think you were talking about... Um, Christian, quick, open your hands, open your heart. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, in exorcism. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, I think he's talking about whenever you're talking about how... Um, yeah, how God doesn't remove that relationship oh, oh, from us. Oh, oh, Perfect. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is I remember spirit. Now. He's moving, guys. He's moving. <laughs> okay, okay so what I was talking about is um, we were having a discussion right before like we started reading about like, you know, sometimes whenever we're stuck in like our sin and like we keep going back to it and we make it a habitual sin that we just keep coming back to and coming back to and coming back to. We get into this mindset of like, is God going to stop pursuing me like is God going to ever get to that place of just being so disappointed in me that he would stop pursuing me and something that has been like on my heart and on my mind recently um, that the Holy Spirit just keeps bringing up is you know like the work of God's pursuit is already done right so think about like the cross right the cross and what Jesus did on the cross that's already done, right? It's not that Jesus is continue, continuing to be crucified every day for our sin, but his work on the cross is already done. And so with that in mind, God is continually ever pursuing us, right? We, we think that God's only pursuing us whenever we are in like sin, but the reality is whenever we're in a relationship with God, whenever we feel like we're in right standing with him, when we have a correct understanding of our positional reality as his children, he's still pursuing us then. And then whenever we're also in sin and we have an, like a misperception of, um, of who we are in Christ, we, we forget that we are his children. We are, we forget that we are his beloved. When we get our minds off of that and we lose focus of that, he's still pursuing us. So regardless of what season we're in, He's still pursuing us because through the work of the cross, his pursuit of us 
as soon as that veil was torn, not only were we able to come to him, he devoted himself to full pursuit after our hearts. Because just like this says, and just like John 15 says, the things that Jesus has spoken to us of abiding and choosing to follow him, he's spoken so that we might experience the joy of salvation, of being in right relationship with him, of being in fellowship with one another. And so God's pursuit of us is an ever-present pursuit. It doesn't stop. No matter what season we're in, no matter where we're at, no matter whether we're following Christ or not, his pursuit of us does not ever stop. Mm. And yeah. he's continually pulling us to himself. Perfect. Thanks. So what I want to share off of that and that knowledge right there was um, I love how in verse nine, it says he is faithful and just to forgive. And so, yeah, I see the time. We'll wind it, wind it down. Uh, but anyway, um, he's faithful and just to forgive. I find it hilarious that I do this and I'm pretty confident most Christians do this. We misunderstand and uh, and we misrepresent the character of God. We tend to think that once we've punched our ticket, once we've gotten saved, then like it's up to us to keep this ticket. Um, the the movie Polar Express is coming back to mind, and like the main character boy, he loses his ticket in the vent. Does he have a name? What? Does he have a name? No, he doesn't have a name. Tom, uh, Tom Hanks' character. Uh, anyway, he loses his ticket. He probably has a name. And anyway. and like, this is exactly like what we tend to do, and whenever we're thinking about like our relationship with God. And I love what Christian said about the uh, understanding our uh, positional reality. Yeah, our positional reality and our relationship with God. Like we don't understand our positional reality. And so this is where this mindset comes in, the Polar Express mindset, where the kid has a hole in his pocket. Oh no, his ticket flies out in the wind. Oh no, it's gone. And he spends the whole journey pursuing after this ticket when we're not supposed to be pursuing after this ticket. We've given our lives over to Christ. We've placed our trust in him. Once you place your trust in him, actually place your trust in him. There's so much more uh, to our relationship with God than pursuing the thing that we already have. We already have salvation in Christ because Christ has already paid the debt. And so now, rather than confirming every single day, oh snap, I don't know if I'm saved, I gotta go pursue my golden ticket uh, because it fell out of my pocket again. Like, yeah, we're gonna mess up. but. There's so much more. That's why sanctification is a thing. Mm. Rather than pursuing the thing that we already have, we are to pursue the thing that we are not yet with. We are to pursue God. We already understand the price that God has paid. We already understand the sacrifice that he has uh, made. So now, rather than continuing to forget the fact that he already paid the debt and continue to like seek the debt out, we realize that we're sinners. We realize that we mess up. So rather than freaking out over that fact, we already know this fact. So rather than sitting in the fact that we are uh, 
failing sit in the fact of pursuing the one who's not failing, the one who's continually faithful, because he's faithful every single day. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So now that we understand the fact of our positional reality with our relationship with God, now continue to pursue him, continue to draw close to him, continue to abide in his word, rather than living out the Polar Express life every single day, just pursue him. Does that make sense? Sure. Bro, I just... I was just saying, Jacob has a look of just like utter astonishment. No, in his face. <laughs> I just so first I was thinking, um, it says like if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First I was thinking like it's really interesting because um, this a lot of this is talking about like um, whether or not we are like His children, whether or not we have come into that relationship with Him, and He's saying. If we have recognized our brokenness um, and confessed like that brokenness to Him, then like He's faithful and just to forgive us um, our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. Um, which means like once we come into that relationship with Him, like He ha- He cleanses us from all that unrighteousness, and He is faithful to do that even when we aren't faithful exactly. to continually um, walk perfectly. We're going to give in and sin, but because of his faithfulness, like he's already paid um, that price. And then that led me to thinking, oh my goodness, like the Old Testament, bro, and the, the Israelites is a perfect picture of like our walk with God in a way because he made this covenant with Abraham saying that his descendants would be his people and through him like he would bless all nations um, or through his, his descendants he would bless all nations um, and so his people was was God's people regardless of how they acted and they acted very terribly and they were not faithful and God gave them the commandments so that they would learn to um, to walk in this in this uh, nation as God's people and to be separated from the world. Mm-hmm. But even when they weren't faithful and judgment came upon them and God saved them from that, they were still his people throughout that. And we are still his children in, in this life, even when we um, give in to sin and, and we aren't faithful um, our, on our end of the deal. God is always faithful because he makes that that covenant with us that when we come to him and we confess that brokenness and ask for that salvation from him then he is faithful to cleanse us from all the stuff that we've done and it is just such a beautiful picture and i'm so thankful that i don't have to be scared of um be scared of exempting myself from his covenant because he is faithful to hold his end of the deal. Dude, Um, and it's amazing. That's some good stuff right there. I love it, yeah. Christian, do you have anything to share or add? 
No? Okay. Okay. Cool. I thought you had something. I mean, yeah, I do. But uh, oh, come on. I was going to go. Okay. I know so, it. Uh, I'm gonna brush my teeth while you talk. Okay. I'm gonna brush my teeth after I talk. So I'm, I'm excited to brush my teeth. My mouth kind of tastes like. Say it. Say it. Anyway. Um, so, uh, I have a little footnote in my Bible here, um, talking about verse seven where it says, but if we walk in the light and see in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all unrighteousness, right? So, um, the little footnote that says this, it says walking in the light means to reflect God's perfection in daily life. It includes both correct doctrine and moral purity. This phrase also implies that when Christians walk in the light, their lives are not characterized by hidden sins, lies, or deception. Then, a little bit later, um, it says that Christians confess their sins first to receive salvation and then to stay in fellowship with God and one another. This is just like continuing to drive home the point of like, you know, confessing our sins is not in order to receive salvation again and again Mm -hmm. and again, but rather it's that we might be able to live in community with one another, seeking out accountability, seeking out discipleship, seeking out opportunities for people to pour into us and to help point us back to God, um, even when we do stumble. Uh, and then uh, I just, I, I like that it gives a description of what it means to walk in the light. It's to have a right understanding of God and of ourselves in light of God. But not only that, it's also um, to live um, like with moral purity or holiness as we walk through the through this life exactly and that was a really fast toothbrush I, I did that because as you were sharing that it made me remember the last thing that wow. I wanted to share and this is the perfect outro because we're going to have to go to Greek okay the outro here we is, have a quiz today yeah we do have a quiz anyway um, Christian mentioned that whenever we are living in the light we're reflecting like God, right? So the way that I want to close this out is I want you, you listener, to personally think of yourself. Think of yourself as a mirror. We all are reflecting something. So what are you reflecting? See, the way that we live our life, whatever we are abiding in, that's exactly what we're going to reflect. If we're pursuing the Lord, If we're drawing close to him each and every day, we're going to begin to reflect the things of Christ. But if we're living in the world and and living out in sin and just simply just being content, being complacent, then we're going to begin to reflect the things of the world. And so whenever people of the world look at us, what do they see? Do they see a reflection of themselves? Or do they see something different when they look in this mirror? Whenever they look in the mirror, if we are truly pursuing the Lord and abiding in Christ, then whenever they look in this mirror, they're not going to see their own reflection. And that's going to throw them off. It's going to confuse them. That's exactly what ought to happen whenever the world looks at us. It should throw them off. It should confuse them because they're looking in a mirror and they're not seeing themselves. They're seeing a spitting image of God. So I want to ask you, what are you reflecting? Thank you for joining us for the Brotherhood Podcast. We pray that you are both spiritually and physically caffeinated. Always remember rule number two. Don't do dumb stuff. Bye, Mom!